So give us clean hands and give us pure hearts. Let us not lift our souls to another. Give us clean hands, give us pure hearts. Let us not lift our souls to another. We bow our hearts, we bend our knees. Oh, Spirit, come make us humble. We turn our eyes from evil things. Oh, Lord, we cast down our idols. So give us clean hands, give us pure hearts. Let us not lift our souls to another. Give us clean hands and give us pure hearts. Let us not lift our souls to another. Oh God, let us be a generation that sees, who seeks your face. Seeks your face, O God of Jacob. O God, let us be a generation that seeks, who seeks your face, O God of Jacob. O God, let us be a generation that seeks. Seeks your face, O God of Jacob. So give us clean hands, give us pure hearts. Let us not lift our souls to another. Give us clean hands, give us pure hearts. Let us not lift our souls to another. Oh God, let us be a generation that seeks, who seeks your face. Oh God of Jacob, oh God, let us be a generation that seeks, who seeks your face, oh God of Jacob. Amen.
Choose to be 
And I will walk in your truth. Show me your path, O Lord, for I am devoted to you. Purify my heart's desire. I long to be your servant. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. Give me an undivided heart. No Welcome me in his 
You 
Let's pray together. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him. Standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kinds of sufferings. Heavenly Father, we are here today to trust in you and to rely on you and to be strengthened by you. We pray against every attack, the attack of the enemy. And Lord, we stand firm. We will continue to stand firm in the faith. Relying on you and holding on to you, Lord. I pray now, God, as you transition to the message, Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all the hearts for those who are listening here today, Lord, may be pleasing, Lord, in your sight, O God. We thank you. We love you. Pray all these things in your precious Son, Jesus Christ, let me pray. And God's people pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. Amen. Uh, God bless you. Uh, let's take a moment to greet one another, our fellow neighbor in the house of the Lord. It's good to see all of you here today. Today is a special and a very important message for us to hear and for us to know because we need to understand, yes, God loves us and he is there for us and the wrath and the judgment of God is real. But we need to also understand the other flip side of the coin that we have a powerful adversary, a formidable enemy that is never sleeping and that is always at work to attack and to bring Christians all around the world down. So let us understand the battle and the war that we are in and let us stand firm in the faith. Amen and amen. Let's begin with the title of today's message. The title of today's message is Stand Standing Firm in Christ. 
stand standing firm in Christ. There's a slash there between the words stand and standing because it's a state of being and it's doing. It's where you are and what you are doing every single day. It's a state of being and doing every single day. There's a serious battle happening in the heavenly realms, the Bible tells us. A spiritual war for what? For your soul, for our souls, for our friends' souls, for our family members' souls, for the lives and the souls of the people that we love. The Bible makes it very clear in Ephesians 6, verse 12. It says, for our struggle is not against what? Flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So we understand that this is a spiritual fight. Continuing on with 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 through 9, it says, Be alert and of sober mind. Why? Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion. He is not an actual lion, but he is like. He pretends to strike fear in the hearts of men, like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him. Standing firm in the faith. Because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. Meaning all of us, we have a formidable enemy that is attacking us every single second and minute and hour of our lives. He will not take a break. In Revelation chapter 12, if you see the battle, the final battle, it says in verse 7 through 9, Then war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. What is the backdrop? It's not against tanks or actual weapons that deals with flesh and blood, but it's a war that breaks out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. The dragon is who? Satan. Satan and his armies. And the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down. That ancient serpent, going back to Genesis, called the devil or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. Amen and amen. We know the end. We know how the war ends. We win. God has already won. Amen and amen. So today I want to quickly talk to you about necromancy, black magic. What is black magic? Black magic is selling your soul to the devil making a blood pact with Satan. There's also white magic. What is white magic? It's like 2 Corinthians where it talks about Satan. He masquerades himself as an angel of light. They seem Christian enough. They seem good enough. But it's the same thing. 
making a blood pack with Satan, just looking good, but evil to the core. Palm reading, the occult, voodoo, charms, telepathy, hypnosis, paralysis, demonic forces, demonic attacks, possessions, oppressions. You guys know about sleep paralysis? Those things are real. Oppressions, Wicca, witchcraft, cardamancy. Cardamancy is like fortune telling, fortune cards, but it, they use regular playing deck cards, and it's to tell the future, and it, they do it in a place. They find a sacred place they, to neutralize the energy. They have a candle, and they have charms in the room, inviting demonic spirits, crystals, yoga, meditation. To meditate is to unite with lowercase g, God, Brahman. To say namaste means I bow to you. I bow to who? Comes from Hinduism, where it says the lowercase g, God, G in me, bows down to the lowercase g, God in you. Meaning they see themselves as gods. Meaning they see everything and everyone as a god. These, my friends, are for real. And this is happening right now. As we speak, there has never been a time where demonic attacks, black magic, necromancy, telepathy, voodooism, the occult, these things have become so real in our lives that people are blinded to these things. And Christians, they think these things don't exist, but they do. And these things have power. But our God is greater. They have power because we have a formidable, a powerful enemy that is behind these spiritual forces of attacks. This, my friend, is not a joke. This is a battle for our souls. It's life or death. And the Bible makes it very clear. It gives us a clear picture even in Acts chapter 8 and Acts chapter 13. It talks, talks about the sorcerer, person who is possessed by the devil. He does his miracle, the work, with the help of Satan. In Acts 8, there's a guy named by Simon. He is a sorcerer in Acts 8. I encourage you to read about him to see how the apostles encounter him and how they fought against him. He had no power against the power of Christ or bar Jesus, a.k.a. Elymas in Acts 13. The title of him is a Jewish false prophet, a sorcerer. And in Acts 13, it says, they, who is they? It's Barnabas and Paul, if you read the chapter. In the beginning, it was Barnabas, Paul, and Simeon. But God calls Barnabas and Paul to do this specific missionary work. And on the road, they encounter this individual, Bar Jesus, a.k.a. Elymas. It says, they... Traveled throughout, through the whole island until they came to Paphos. There they met a Jewish sorcerer and false prophet named Bar Jesus. Verse 7, who was an attendant of the proconsul, Sergius Paulus. The proconsul, an intelligent man, proconsul means a governor, a leader. Of the community, an intelligent man sent for Barnabas and Saul because he wanted to hear the word of God. He wanted to hear the gospel. And whenever there's the work of God, 
there's also what on the other side? The work of Satan. Whenever God has a plan, God has a will for our lives, there's also a will that Satan desires to enforce in your life. A formidable power that comes from the gates of hell where he brings all of his demons together to bring you depression, to bring you oppression, to bring you attacks. So it says in verse 8, in the context of Barnabas and Paul, they're there to do God's work. They're there to encounter this individual, the proconsul, Sergius Paulus, to bring the word of God, to bring the gospel. But it says in verse 8, Alamis, the sorcerer, who is also Satan, because he is empowered by Satan, for that is what his name means, opposed them and tried to turn the proconsul from the faith. So whenever there is the work of God, there's a work of Satan happening in our daily lives. And take a look at how Paul, he encounters this demon warrior where he receives his power from Satan. Paul, he receives his power from the Holy Spirit. Verse 9, then Saul who was also called Paul. What does it say? Filled. Filled with what? With the Holy Spirit. Looked straight at Elymas and said, You are a child of the devil, an enemy of everything that is right. You are full of all kinds of deceit and trickery, just like your father Satan. Will you never stop perverting the right ways of the Lord? Now the hand of the Lord is against you. You're going to be blind for a time, not even able to see the light of the sun. Immediately mist and darkness came over him, and he groped about, seeking someone to lead him by the hand. When the proconsul saw what had happened, he believed, for he was amazed at the teaching about the Lord. Amen. And amen. When people have sleepovers, when friends hang, hang around and they have a hangout, they get things like Uji boards, they think it's funny. They go to a fortune teller, they look at the horoscope, astrology. Astrology is stars and planets lining up, right, for your destiny. Telepathy, these are all demonic activities that is running rampant right now in our day and age. Why does it seem as if when you see a fortune teller that this individual seems to know your future, seems to know what's going through your mind? They seem to know your situation, the situation that you're in right now. Why? Because demons have a supernatural knowledge because they see you, they watch you. They watch you when you sleep. They know your actions. They can't read your minds, but they know what irks you, what makes you happy. They know the word of God. In theory, they know the word of God. Not because they believe in it, but they know how to twist the word of God. They know how to twist what is good to evil and to pretend to show you the future, to tell you the things that you are going through right now. That's why so many people are seeking 
these mediums, these paths, these ways. But we need to understand the devil is not omnipotent. Omni means all, potent means powerful. He is not omnipotent. He is not all-powerful. He is not omniscient. He is not all-knowing. Rather, he is omni-what? Omni-counterfeiter. Everything he does is the fake, cheap knockoff of what the gospel tells us. Because he is the devil, the sorcerer, Satan, the counterfeiter. We need to understand that our God is the greatest. Amen? Personally, I've met Wiccans. I met people who are a hybrid Druids, right? They call themselves, obviously, they don't exist now, but it's a new age movement, right? When you put them together with Druids and Wiccans, it's like Jew craft. They love Mother Nature, they love knowledge, science, astrologers, fortune tellers. And on our way to church, there's a fortune-telling place, right, that has all kinds of gods and idols and spiritual things, and they, and every time I would drive by, I would pray against it. Whenever I see those places, I pray against it in Jesus' name, and then I saw that it was no longer there. They actually shut down, meaning in God, in Christ, we have power to overcome the adversary. Amen. Why go to the devil to seek the little truths when it's not even the truth? When you can go straight to God, the word, the word of God, for the true word of God, as this individual did in Acts 13. Where it says, Sergius Paulus, he was hungering. He hungered for the word of God. He thirsted for the word of God, and he found it. But there was an adversary, Elymas, he came and he tried to twist the word of truth and try to bring this individual down. But what we need to do is we need to look straight into the face of Satan. Not because I am strong enough, but because the one who lives in me is greater than the one who is out in the world. Amen? Amen. We need to understand who our God is. Go to the Lord for the truth. I want to encourage you to read the book of Daniel. But in Daniel 1, specifically in verse 20, it says, In every matter, in every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them, he found them, what, ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters in his whole kingdom. Who is they? This is Daniel, Hananiah, Michelle, and Azariah, Mishael, which is Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, right? Belteshazzar, that, that's Daniel's name that was given in Babylon. And we see King Nebuchadnezzar, he challenged. And then these four men, they brought the true word of God. And it says, in every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them, he found them ten times better. Who is then? He's talking about Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. Ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters in his 
whole kingdom. So when we stand for God, we can overcome any attack of the enemy. Why? Because Jesus is the author, the Bible tells us, the author and the perfecter of our faith, the book of Hebrews tells us. The author and the perfecter of our faith. And the Bible makes it very clear. Deuteronomy 18, 9-13. The occult, meaning Satan practices. When you enter the land the Lord your God is giving you, do not learn to imitate the detestable ways of the nations there. Let no one be found among you who sacrifices their son or daughter in the fire, who practices divination or sorcery, interprets omens, engages in witchcraft, or casts spells, or who is a medium or spiritist, or who consults the dead. Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord, because of these same detestable practices, the Lord your God will drive out those nations before you. You must be blameless before the Lord your God. But the scary thing is Christians, so quote, quote unquote Christians, they also follow in this path. They have things called Christian tarot cards. Sometimes there are ministries where they go to the dead Christian leaders they go to their grave. It's called grave soaking. They will deny it now. That never happened. Even though there are photos of them doing it. They will go to these graves where it's filled with bones. People. And they will try to soak up the anointing that they had. Necromancy. Seeking the dead. Bowing to the dead. Ancestral worship. Asians are known for this, to please our ancestors. These are all demonic activities, the workings of Satan himself. So how do we fight? How do I apply this teaching? How do we use this to our day-to-day -day life in this day and age, in this new age movement, this life that we are living in today? How do we fight this battle? How do we stand and remain standing firm in Christ when there are so many demonic activities happening all around us? Point number one, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Are you filled? Because if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, you're filled with something else. There is no in-between. If you're filled with something else, you're filled with Satan. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you are not filled with sin. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. What does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? To be filled with the Holy Spirit means this. Are you ready? It means this. Letter A. You are a genuine follower of Jesus Christ. A genuine follower. Not just a church attendee. Not just a member of a church, the local church. But you are a genuine follower of Jesus Christ. The normal Christian life is the highest standard, the standard that anyone has ever seen, because it's the standard of laying down your life, where He calls us to die to ourselves and to pick up the cross and to follow Him. Let it be you have a genuine relationship with Jesus Christ. A genuine relationship with Jesus Christ. It's a relationship. 
Let us see you have a genuine intimacy with Jesus Christ. He's not a father that I've never met, but he is a father that I can speak to at any moment, and he is there with me, for he lives in me, and I follow him. It's a call that calls me to give up my life, to pick up the cross and to follow him, and to follow him all the way. A lot of people say, I invite you, Jesus, to my heart. But more than that, it's, Lord, you have called me to follow you, to pick up the cross and to follow you, to bid to die, to follow you. It's a genuine follower. You have a genuine relationship. You have a genuine intimacy with Jesus Christ. So for me, in this day and age of charms, mediums, witchcraft, people seeking fortune tellers, the tarot cards, the Uji boards, for me, all I need is Jesus. And he is the only mediator, the only bridge between me and God. Those who seek magic, black magic, white magic, yellow magic, whatever magic, they invite Satan. I don't even watch those magic shows, those tricks that they do. Because literally some of these people, they seek their power. Satan's behind all of that. I don't even allow my eyes to even see these things. They seek mediums, and it's always a pact, a blood pact, between the gates of hell with men. Are you filled with the Holy Spirit? Point number two, be ready to fight in Jesus Christ. Be ready to fight in Jesus Christ. What do I mean by be ready to fight in Jesus Christ? Let's get to our soul points, letter A, B, C, D. A is be ready to stand firm in Christ. That's what it means. Stand firm. B, be ready to abolish demonic activities in Christ. The moment you become a Christian, you are suited for battle. Amen? What is this battle? It's the battle that we just read in Ephesians 6 2. The battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. It's the battle that Michael fought with his angels in Revelation 12. It's a battle that we fight and we need to understand and we need to be ready to abolish demonic activities in Christ. Are you ready? Have you been ready? Let us see. Be ready to fear not in Christ. Be ready to fear not. For those who are in Christ, you do not fear these things. When you enter a hell house, when you enter in the presence of wickeds or witches, you're not afraid. It's, we do what Paul did. Amen? We do what Paul did in the book of Acts. You look straight in the eye. 
and you call it out. Not in my name, but in the name of Jesus Christ. So when we have sleep paralysis, when we have anxiety for Christian that should never happen, where the demonic forces has heavy power over you, you say, in Jesus' name, even when the demonic spirits, they try to take out your breath and they have oppression over you, you say, in Jesus' name, I fear not, for Holy Spirit lives in me. Be ready to fear not in Christ. Letter D, be ready to overcome demons in Christ. You guys are demon killers. Amen? DK. No, I'm just kidding. It's a cool name, though. DK. Be ready to overcome demons in Christ. They have no power over you. When we have the Holy Spirit in us, Holy Spirit empowers us to be courageous, to be confident, not in ourselves, but in Christ. In God. Just take a look at David, right? David in 1 Samuel chapter 17. All the men, all the warriors, they're there for what? For battle, to fight. And they were all afraid of this one giant. It's not you're too big, but he's too big to miss. There's a difference a different mindset, different mentality. And it says in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 45 to 51, let's read together. David said to the Philistine, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin. But what? But I come against you. In what? In my strength, in my boy's strength, but in the name of the Lord Almighty. The God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you. Not I will, but the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give you the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, this giant Goliath came closer to him. David, what? He didn't run, what? Away. It says David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. Run toward the battle. Turn to your neighbor and say, run toward, run toward the, battle. the battle. Lying to meet him, reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead and he fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone without a sword in his hand. He struck down the Philistine and killed him. David ran and stood over him. He took hold of the Philistine's sword and drew it from the sheath. After he killed him, he cut off his head with the sword. When the Philistines saw that their hero was dead, they turned and ran. So as David let us face forward, as Paul did, as Barnabas did, let us face forward 
and run towards, not away from the enemy, but towards the battle, towards the enemy. You need to be ready to fight. So many Christians, we're passives, and we do not want to fight. We allow the spirit of Satan to run rampant in our lives, in our churches, in our homes. We don't want to fight. We want to be peacemakers. Someone's over there being possessed, foaming in the mouth. It's like, leave him alone. He's just having an episode. It's okay. You'll be fine. We need to be ready to stand firm. Be ready to abolish demonic activities. Be ready to fear not. Be ready to overcome demons. And the key phrase here is what? In Christ. Not my own strength. In Christ. As David did. In the name of the Lord Almighty. Be filled. Acts 13, verse 9 to 12. Then Saul, who was called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked straight at Elymas and said, You are a child of the devil and an enemy of everything that is right. You are full of all kinds of deceit and trickery. Will you never stop perverting the right ways of the Lord? Now the hand of the Lord is against you. That's what we need to say. The hand of the Lord is against you, Satan. The battle we've already won. Because the one who lives in me is greater than the one who is in the world. The prince of this world, Satan. Be ready to fight. Be ready to fight. You can only fight only if you are filled with the Holy Spirit. There's an order to this. If not, You'll be afraid like the 99% hiding. Oh, no. It's too big. We're like grasshoppers compared to these giants. Be ready to fight. And lastly, point number three. Be a warrior in Jesus Christ. Be a warrior in Jesus Christ. Amen. And amen. amen. What do I mean by being a warrior? Let's get to our soul points real quick. Letter A. There is no such thing as an in-between Christian, right? To be a warrior means you're an all-out Christian. There is no in-between. There is no such thing. There is no casual churchgoer. If you are a casual churchgoer, you are not a Christian. There is no in-between. Jesus makes it very clear. You need to what? Point number two, the point number one, a genuine follower, a genuine relationship, genuine intimacy. So there is no such thing as an in-between Christian. So point letter B, either you are a worshiper of Satan, letter C, or you are a worshiper of Christ. Again, there is no in-between. Letter D, either you are a coward operating under Satan's dominion, or E, or you are an overcomer in Christ. Amen. And amen. When I was doing chaplaincy, 
the hospital um, in the city when I had to do that for my ordination. There were all kinds of chaplains, right? There was Buddhists, uh, particularly one uh, individual that I met that my leader invited to speak to us. Uh, he was a Wiccan, and they tried to bring their knowledge and try to bring, impose the fear, because obviously this individual knows that he's in the presence of uh, chaplains, right, who are spiritual leaders, and they would try to bring their truth and impose the power of Satan into this place, into the, into the room. And I remember just standing firm. You know, I was the youngest out of everyone. Standing firm in the faith and making sure that I know who I am and whose I am. So you either flee and hide in fear and you're intimidated, or you fight and you abide in Christ and you stand firm and you continue to stand firm in Jesus Christ as David did when he faced Goliath. What happens? What happened here? First Samuel 17, 22-24. As he was talking with them, Goliath the Philistine, champion from Gath, stepped out from his lines and shouted his usual defiance. The attacks of Satan is the usual. It's always the same. May have a different mask, but it's continuous. But this time around, a man of God heard it, and David heard it. Whenever the Israelites saw the man, they all what? They all fled from him in great fear. But not David, because the Holy Spirit was with him. Which leads to 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 32, a few verses after. It says, David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant, meaning I, will go and fight him. So you either flee in fear, you hide in fear, or you run towards a battle to fight. There is no in-between. And as a Christian, we need to, like point number two, we need to be ready to fight. Stand firm to abolish demonic activities, to be ready to fear not, to be ready to overcome demons in Christ. And this is true to every single person living on this earth. You stand either for God or you stand against God. If you are in between, you're standing against God. Either you are all the way or you are not. So what say you, men and women of God? This is a heavy topic. What say you? A lot of attacks came preparation for this message what say you where do you stand who is your king where does your power come from 
when you're up here singing praises, when you're living day to day during the week, in the mundane days of the week, where do you draw your strength? Is it in God or is it from sin? From the world? Or is it from yourself? The world, myself, Satan, their allies, they all work together in God, in Christ, Holy Spirit, the Trinity. We stand with Christ. Amen and amen. So my dear friends, I'm closing with this. I'm going to invite the praise team to come up. You know, Satan has been at this for a long time, since the beginning of time. He's been at this forever. And 2 Corinthians 11, 14 teaches us and tells us, and no wonder so many men are tricked for what Satan himself masquerades, meaning he pretends as an angel of light. And so many people are blinded in this day and age. And we see it in our churches. We see it in our homes. We see it in our relationships. We have a formidable and a powerful enemy. But we have a God who has overcome death and who has overcome the gates of hell. Amen? Amen. So do not fret. Fear not. For those who are in Christ, fear not. But for those who are not in Christ, fear. You should fear because the Holy Spirit is not in you. And you will not overcome the attacks of the enemy. Jesus makes it very clear in John 14 and John 16. Let me quickly say, but the advocate, not the adversary, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things, will remind you of everything I said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. If you are not in Christ, you will be tricked, you will be possessed, you will be hypnotized by Satan's schemes. But for those in Christ, it's the good news, the devil has nothing on you. You shall overcome. Amen and amen. Let's close with this last passage, Ephesians 6. I just read verse 12. But we're going to go from verse 10 to 20. Let's understand the whole context. The title of the heading says, The Armor of God. Let's read it together. Ready? One, two, three. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, 
put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all of the Lord's people. Pray also for me. That whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Amen and amen. Put on the full armor of God. The characteristics of seeing is all the same. Lies, shadiness cowardice fear running away pretending to be brave and bold when they're not they're omni counterfeiter but as Christians we follow the true omnipotent God true omniscient God true omnipresent God may we look into the eyes and the schemes and the ways of Satan as Paul did and as David did. Let us put on the full armor of God and run toward the battle and win the battle for our souls. It's a spiritual fight. It's a spiritual battle. We have won and we will win and we will overcome and we have already overcome. Amen and amen. God bless you guys. I love you guys. Remain strong in the Lord. So quickly, be filled, a reminder, with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. You are a genuine follower of Jesus Christ. You have a genuine relationship with Jesus Christ. You have a genuine intimacy with Jesus Christ. Number two, be ready to fight in Jesus Christ. Be ready to stand firm in Christ. Be ready to abolish demonic activities in Christ. Be ready to fear not in Christ. Be ready to overcome demons in Christ. Lastly, point number three, be a warrior in Jesus Christ. There's no such thing as an in-between Christian. Either you are a worshiper of Satan, or you are a worshiper of Christ. Either you are a coward operating under Satan's dominion, or you are an overcomer in Christ. Either you run towards a battle, or you flee in fear as the rest of the Israelites did when they got to the promised land, the land of Canaan. Or when they faced Goliath, the giant. You either flee in fear or you run toward the battle as David did. Spiritually, David put on the full armor of God. So I encourage you, put on the full armor of God in Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. With that, I'll close this up in a word of prayer. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for watching over our church and reminding us 
and helping us to understand and have insight of demonic activities that are running rampant in our generation in this time and age. It's a battle that has been that has started from the beginning of times and we are still fighting that fight. But Lord, let us be confident today, not in ourselves, but in the one that we serve, in the one that we follow, in Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, let us overcome the attacks of the enemy, for we are filled with the Holy Spirit. And we will continue to walk this path to follow you until your return, until the second advent. Lord, we rely on you. We will enter the narrow gate and walk on this narrow path to follow you and to pick up the cross and to fight the good fight. We need you today more than yesterday. Strengthen us and guide our hearts and guide our paths. We thank you. We love you. We pray all these things. Your precious son, Jesus Christ, let me pray. And God's people pray. Amen. And amen. Can we all stand to our feet? And let's sing the last song together. I will walk this path to follow him until my Jesus returns. Sing together.
David ran quickly toward and forward the battle. We will also get up as we have just sung here today. We will run forward in this race. For you are the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We put on the full armor of God. We declare, Lord, Holy Spirit, that you are in us and you live in us. You strengthen us, and you empower us. You protect us from every attack, every schemes of the enemy. We are covered by the blood of the Lamb, the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. The spirit of death will hover over us, will pass over us, and we will live for all of eternity. Because, Lord, you live, we live. Because you overcome death, and because you have resurrected, we will also live. We live in you, and we live in Christ. We love you. We need you today. Watch over us, especially in this new week as we're about to encounter and enter. Lord, we face, we run forward, and toward the battle in confidence and with courage that is found in Jesus Christ. We thank you. We love you. Pray all these things in your precious son. Just cause me pray and God's people pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. Amen.
Together. Heavenly Father, do not remember the sins of our youth and our rebellious ways, but according to your love, remember us, for you, Lord, are faithful and good. And now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling, present you blameless, pure, and holy before his presence. May we know the truth and remember and keep Christ in our hearts first always. And may we know and encounter the unending love of the Father. And may the Lord continue to pursue after you, guide you, and lead you forevermore. And as God's people we pray, amen and amen. God bless you. I love you. I'll see you all in the back.